Candace and Jordan. Jordan Candace. And Jordan and Candace are here. <laughs> <laughs> You'd almost think I practiced that. That was yeah. so smooth. Yeah. It was. Smooth like butter. What's up, dude? Good. How you doing? <laughs> I, said, I said, I love that. I said, what's up, dude? And you said, good. <laughs> good. Said, oh, yeah. I always What's do. up, dude? Good. <laughs> I always do that. I think I always do that. You say good. How you doing? You didn't you know answer what, a question, Candace. You know what, what that means? Up? You know what that means? You're not listening? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it totally does. 100%. <laughs> I'm only hearing myself right now. Thank you very much. <laughs> What's uh, up? What's up is the sky. <laughs> you remember that? Yeah, I remember, remember that. that thing? I wish Holy I could think Cody. of what... Uh, what the boys say now and it's like one of those things that's like oh, you roll your eyes wait do they like you back. mean as a replacement for what's up no for something else but it just brought into my mind like like a, you know, is it like a, a greeting a salutation it's like, like it's like a comeback to make somebody feel dumb <laughs> my when sweet, they my sweet children <laughs> when they <laughs> okay. i'll have to ask them what it is though but then they all laugh like oh, 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 it's like funny like you say something you know yeah. like like a response to what's up. Right. Like a sphincter says what? <laughs> <laughs> Wayne's World <What>? Reference. <laughs> Wayne's World Reference. I didn't uh, come up with that on my own. Tiddly, tiddly, tiddly. I love Wayne's World. <laughs> I do too. It's been a minute since I've watched it. Is that one that I made you watch all the time? I don't think you had to make me watch that one. I, I, I imagine we watched it together, but I enjoyed that. You made me watch Grease too. Yes. That you made so me good. you may even though you changed the narrative now you made me get into new kids in the block oh well i'll refresh everybody in case you haven't listened to our you know many 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 podcasts it's buried deep in there but jordan's very first concert was new <laughs> kids on the block nkotb and, and the whole reasoning for this was one of the guys in the band was named jordan <laughs> <laughs> honestly that is why like you loved them because there was a jordan and it was like you were twins because you had the same name like a kindred spirit yeah or just the same name <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but i remember like um finding out they had tickets for sale because it had sold out and i called dad from the payphone yeah, <laughs> in my high yeah, school yeah, no yeah. cell phones and i was like dad this would mean the world to jordan <laughs> such a crocker shirt but yeah it was fun though and i had a very cool first concert i know I, we talked about this in the podcast <laughs> yeah. before but what was it because i forget ub40 i want ub40 so you see some like cool reggae oh, band yeah. and i make a lot of reggae rock music and i see new kids on the block it's my first concert <laughs> right. i should have been a pop star maybe i missed my calling i wonder if you can break out any of the moves again because we used no. to do all the moves i bet if i brought up yeah, the video sure it would, come, it would come to because we would perform you know for pop-up lally and that was it yeah. that was the jam we did it yep but we talked about that before so we're recycling information but it's still a good story for everyone out there that yeah my first concert was new kids on the block i i really i really uh you know, it's okay, except for the fact that you mention it as often as you can. <laughs> Anytime favorite. it comes up, 
and and, and, and and you don't qualify with the little bit of information you've often offered on the podcast, which is that you made dad get the tickets and sort of used me as like the, oh, yeah. the leverage point. So you could go see him. No, you're just like, oh, his, he loved New Kids on the Block. It was his first yeah. concert. I'll go with step you too. <laughs> step. Yeah, I'll support your passion, Jordan, for New Kids. <laughs> I remember dad there. I can still see him. And everybody was standing because you had to or else you couldn't see. And it was this level of scream that collectively a lot of girls were there and the scream was just this piercing scream. So you really couldn't hear as well. And, and dad was just like not having it. And he was like sitting there, he had his hand, fingers in his ears. It was like the most miserable thing he'd ever been through sounds in his like life. A- and, and it was and we had fun. We danced. That sounds like my house at, at four o'clock <laughs> when Kaya comes home from school and Pamela comes home from school and they have a ton of energy because they've been sitting, you know, still for oh, yeah. hours and they just squeal. Squeal. Oh, sweet things. Candace, uh, you have been participating in the Ed Lally Foundation's seven yes. for seven guided meditation challenge. We were in the final week of the challenge. Uh, we sort of, uh, structured the challenge. So it started really accessibly with seven minute meditations. Right. Then we graduated to 14 minute meditations. And now this week we're up to 21 minute meditations. So I'm wondering, yeah. have you had Which, a chance to practice yet? Yes. I haven't done the latest yeah. one because okay. I found that I really like one a lot. So I've, you know, like a creature of habit. And then I also maybe a little bit of my ADD, like I, it's my go-to mm-hmm. and I've just kind of tried to form a habit with that one. Is that um, the uh, body skin one? Yes. Body okay. scan. Yeah, I just really like that. I really like that. I feel like it's kind of helped me a lot. And you should, so, uh, I'm sorry then, to cut you off. And then I like that you were talking about reframing and I figured that's probably the next one. Right. No. Um, no, it's not. No, that's, that's reframing would be an advanced kind of right. meditation practice. No, this week is just combining everything that we've been working on through the challenge. So there is a body scan as part of it, but that's it. It's just that really about the jump from 14 minutes to 21 which is really cool because um, even though on the surface, it seems like a lot more challenging because right. I have to sit for another or, or lie down for another seven minutes, whichever one um, it's a, a, so much more rewarding, you know, cause really it's usually the beginning parts of meditation that are challenging the first few minutes, but once you get into that space, then it's just like peace and relaxation and physical, mental, emotional restoration. So yeah, I, Definitely try that 21 minute practice because yeah. it's got well, a body scan in there. It's got the easy breath in there. It's got all that, all that good stuff. It's sort of borrowed from um, uh, the, the way that kind of like a longer meditation, the way I structure longer meditations is borrowed from um, one of uh, the certifications I have and it's called yoga Nidra or, or uh, yeah. yogic sleep, sleep-based meditation. So it's like, you know, it's not just 21 minutes of like just focusing on your breath. Like we do a bunch of different techniques throughout. So it's like a, it's a good meditation for people oh, with cool. ADD. You know, yes, I, that's me. That's 100% me. Um, but one good thing is I'll be there for the last yes. one. Yes. So oh, I, I didn't think you to it live. Yeah, I can come into yeah. it live. You know, cool. We sadly had a um, death in the family. So um, I will be heading up uh, tomorrow evening. And um, which you, nobody knows what the date is. I'll already be home by the time this podcast comes out. But <laughs> just know that we're, I'm heading out for that and then i'll be up in maryland again in another couple weeks so we're driving for, uh, that time. for, for the opposite reason yep. Yep. yeah for that is true for life yeah yeah that is true so our little our little lorelei is getting yeah. uh, baptized. baptized so uh, 
Alexis, our little sister's baby girl, our little baby sister now has a baby girl. And so Candace and the crew are coming up for uh, the festivities for a few days. Looking forward to that. Yeah. I think the boys are excited for sure. The only thing they're not excited about is the drive. They don't love that. Yeah. No, the drive isn't fun. And Ty's like, let me drive. I'll drive some of it. (laughs) And whereas I I would let him because he's a really, really good driver, but I think Tim probably won't. Tim Tim also like when it's like a long drive like that, he likes to kind of be in control of what's going on and you know, unless he's just tired and I don't mind that because then I can just like chill. Yeah. I'm down with that. I and I I can't look up though when he's driving because Megan and I have a similar dynamic, I think. Um, She drives because she has to be in control. (laughs) Uh, And uh, the few times, because and I I don't, I I enjoy driving now. uh, Probably when we first got married, it was it was like it worked for both of us. It still works for both of us. But um, I was happy not to drive. Um, Now I'd like to drive sometimes, and we've tried here and there. But she is the worst shotgun on earth oh she Tim. is the worst oh, yeah, she Tim, is like not way. attentive at all not paying attention the kids will be like needing this or needing that and megan's just zoned out and i'm like dude i'm driving could you like address that like that's your responsibility as parental shotgun like you know and i i would like to say that i am perhaps perhaps the best right. shotgun of all time yeah, you're probably peaceful like well no i'm not peaceful a lot of the times because i get like anxious with you know tim's driving but tim's uh what do you call it again when they're sitting next to you i lost train of thought shotgun shotgun yes shotgun bang um what's up with that thing i want to know how does it hang straight up wait up hold up just a lover we just went there but, wait, wait, who is who is that uh salt and pepper salt and pepper okay sorry continue shotgun yes of course um i had a little i said of course horse is a horse unless of course of course but tim will like tell me what to do as I'm driving and then I'll be like do you want to drive <laughs> you know and so um so I hate that but he will he will want to be in control still from that shotgun position mm, yeah that doesn't and, work and I don't, but when he drives I, I keep my head down I, I uh I don't think I'm a peaceful I mean I'm relatively peaceful shotgun but I am a, an attentive shotgun so if the, if the, the girls need something in the back I hear it immediately, address it. If Megan needs something <laughs> driving, I hear it, address it. I'll be driving and I'll be like, oh, could you put that in the GPS or could you grab this? And, and, and she's just tuned out. She's just oh, yeah. not there. And it's like, but oh, I get whoa, that. I'm a tune outer. I tune but things I out. No, you have, res- no you have responsibilities. I can. The I can. No, like, you cannot tune out. Like the dogs when they're like barking, whatever, like I can tune that out. I can kind of getting this little like numb mindset and drives Tim crazy you can't it do it when you're driving though not with a family oh, not that, not when you're driving. you, you like have responsibilities you got to take this shotgun game seriously but how about you i can't do and two guy. things at once like i can't listen and do something else at the same time that's probably why i don't like talking on the phone around people because if somebody interrupts me i can't i can't be like hold on one second i'd, ra- I'd rather give whoever i'm on the phone with my undivided attention because I have anxiety to not be rude to that person. And then, you know, a lot of times, like sometimes I'll be talking to mom and then Tim will like chime in and I can't hear both. And I, and it gives me like a flare up of anxiety. Like, no, 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 I, I can't, 
you know, I pace when I'm on the phone and I do the same. We have a weird, I mean, we have a weird familial phone anxiety, like being on the phone. I, I, I still, I'm comfortable now calling anybody and and hopping on the phone, but I'm still a little bit more like I will go into a room and lock the door. If I have to make like a, like a business call and Megan, I'll just be like talking, you know, phone or shoulder, making dinner, dealing with the kids, you know, multitasking until she loses her mind but it, it usually works pretty yeah. amazing i can't i have to like be on the phone and i definitely do like that that the walking around thing like yeah, I feel what like is it's that? like a long conversation i don't know i bet somebody has a reason why i'll have to look it up because well, i have to pace i have to pace well one thing that like i've surmised is is um uh, when i talk to people like part of my part of my anxiety revolved around always being a a version of myself that that person would like or would need right so I could just be Jordan I had to be you know Candace's version of Jordan because this is the version that makes Candace happy and then this is the version that makes my teacher happy and this is whatever and so when I was in person I could like read you like read your facial expressions your body language I could rely on all that stuff and it made me feel more at ease and more comfortable but when I was just on the phone it's like just just a voice and so yeah. I, if I, I have to literally give my voice my undivided attention yes. so I can hone in on that and then be the same anxious people pleasy kind of version of yeah. myself yeah yeah oh I I've never thought of it that way but that's 100 you hit that nail right on the head boom boom boom, boom. you did uh, wow it's true because it's like I have to really focus on, and and I have to work myself up to a conversation on the phone like if somebody calls me right out the gate, there's a moment of like, ah, <laughs> and then I'll answer it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I, oh, I've gotten better with it, but I like, I like, oh, man, just leave me a message or text me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I know it's 2022, dude. You can't just random uh, ring somebody. Know. Like I you got to schedule. Wanna, I don't want to do it. You know, I, 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 I love if I, if I can steer anybody to a Zoom. Like I'm talking about business you know professional stuff but if i can steer anybody to a zoom call i will i just so much more comfortable talking yeah. like that like i'm more comfortable talking face to face than the phone i would rather do that and i would also rather do that than write an email because if it's like a big topic that i gotta discuss i over tend to <laughs> anxiously overthink what i'm gonna say or how i'm gonna explain it yes i'm the same way even texts i'll overthink yeah. them that's why i do voice memos because it's like <laughs> it's le- it's less <laughs> people are probably, I know, I know you, you among many I'm probably annoyed at my voice memos but it saves me a tremendous amount of time because when I'm texting something and if I have to talk about multiple points it'll take me forever because I just I don't want to leave anything over to interpretation I want to make right. sure you understand what I mean and how I mean it I don't want to you know I'm afraid that right. you're going to misinterpret it and somehow I will offend you that's like the big fear that I have it's filled a lot of my anxiety like this fear of offense oh my gosh Jordan offended yes. me hurt my feelings or said this or or didn't you know didn't I, I just I crave to be understood clearly 100% so, voice memos are the but way to go people you leave eloquent voice messages voice memos like yours are so well-spoken mine are all over the place (laughs) like I'll be like I'll tell a story but then I forgot the first part of the story and then I'll like backtrack to that and then I'll go oh my gosh I'm the worst I'm the worst and then I realize that I'm rambling because I'm anxious so I like keep talking and then oh my gosh it's already I already have to send it Oh yeah. It's a hot mess. If I have to leave like a message on somebody's answering machine, like forget it. You're getting a rambling incoherent message from me because I'm, I can't correct it in any way. So you're going to get the first 
thing I'm saying and I apologize. I apologize to anyone out there who's gotten a voice message from me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, it. Uh, I don't know. It's just I can't formulate those thoughts because there's. I've gotten better with it though. I will. I will say I've gotten better with it. They used to be way worse. <laughs> I. Way worse. I think your. I think your voice memos have been the only, the, the thing that and you might have just said this. I kind of tuned out just a tiny bit myself, but. Yeah. Um, you don't give context sometimes. Oh, you yeah. just talk, and you even do it when you're texting. You 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 talk about something as though I'm like living in your you brain. You need to be like, in my head. What are you like, talking you about? You have dude? to know. You have to know what I'm talking about. You know me. <laughs> I I text and I do that like I'm in a conversation with you, and you're right there. <laughs> I know, and I'm like, I, I have no frame of reference. Fantasy. I bring you to life in my like like Luke Skywalker <sighs> lifting up the phone. I like in a hologram. I kind of bring you to life and i just feel like i'm talking to you so you should know at I this point know. you should know you know uh, my uh when we were my mind just wandered there for a minute it went to um you know because we kind of glazed over um you know we lost someone in the family um and we you know out of respect we don't want to i don't want to you know we don't want to give specificity to that um nor do we want to give specificity to uh to some of the grieving process as it unfolds around us right. but um I did want to just generally touch on, on the grieving process and we can just use, you know, dad as a frame of reference and, and talk about our personal experience there. But um, it is so, um, it is so complex and, and I don't think people give themselves enough space for that complexity, you know, grieving the loss of someone, so much stuff comes up. It's not just about that person. Yeah. In fact, I think fundamentally, it's not even about that person at all. It's about our own realization that life is fragile and we too are going to die one day. Um, so it brings up everything from sadness to, 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 to fond memories, to anger, to everything. And um, I think people expect it to be one thing, you know, I'm going to cry for four days and then I'm going to be fine and everything's going to be great. I'm going to, you know, maybe, you know or, or whatever they expect it to be. But it, it is like, it is a complex ongoing process, you know, just by virtue of us doing this podcast, right. I'm sure we've, we've eight, eight years, seven years later, still talk about that and, and it brings up emotions at times and i know we run the uh, mom and i run the suicide bereavement support group and like you know people are in that group and they've lost someone to suicide some are months out some are years out um and, and at any time a memory can bring up right. you know a, a particular emotion and, and it and it's not like this perfect linear trajectory where like um i'm in disbelief and then um angry and then I'm sad and then I'm all good. It's like those things come in and out to, of our experience right. at different times. And uh, anyway, I just, I just didn't want to glaze over an opportunity to at least touch on that. Cause I know people, you know, the, the experience of grief is a mental health struggle, just like any other, you know, it, it's a, it's a challenge. It's sure. hard. It's hard to, um, to float along with sometimes. And grief is, I always think of it as um, a wave it comes in waves. You know, sometimes mm -hmm. the water's peaceful and you're okay. Sometimes you get a little one and sometimes you get a tidal one that knocks you down. And it doesn't matter how long it's been, it's still going to knock you down. You're still going to, if you had a great love there, mm -hmm. it's, it's just one of those things that, you know, you're lucky to have loved somebody so much that you grieve, but it doesn't make it any easier to grieve. And the process is very, very tough. But, you know, you just, with a wave, you just kind of go with the wave, let the wave hit you, feel that, feel that, miss that person, cry, you know, um, if you need to 
punch at the wave, punch at the wave, you know, like feel every emotion that comes with any wave that gets you and you know, the wave will go back out to sea again. And the emotions will continue to come up. But, mm -hmm. but just like if you were literally standing in the ocean dealing with waves, like you're going to become more accomplished and more um, at ease in the ocean. Oh, yeah. So you're going to oh, be able yeah. to ride the, those, you would be able to ride those waves of anger or sadness or whatever. So, so like, uh, you know, it, it does get better with time. It does oh, get, it does. you know, like, you know, and, and in fact, I think grief is like, it really at, at its core is just, it teaches just to cherish every moment. And I know that maybe that sounds like happy horse shirt on the surface, but it's like, Hey, do you like that? I caught that. Right? <laughs> I got um, a little nod. I'm, I'm all, I'm accomplished at the shirt thing now. Um, I feel like accomplish is my word of the podcast. I think I've said it four times. Um, accomplished is your awesome. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna digress any further. Um, yeah, I, I just, uh, it does get better. And I think it, it, it's just the, that's, that's why death is there to teach us that life is precious. If it wasn't mm -hmm. there, if we lived for millions of years, life would feel and be meaningless. It would be right. like, what am I doing? There's no trajectory to this thing. I'm just here. And I mean, right. that's great. That's like the, the nature of God and the universe and the big infinite, but you know, we're human. We're not quite right. that yet. So like, let's appreciate like this, this subjective, small perspective and, and, and experience that we get to have. Anyway, sorry. Um, I, I used to, I use that just kind of finishing my second draft of the book. And um, I, uh, you know, touched a little bit about grief uh, mm -hmm. in there. And, and I, I was, there's a song, Say Something mm -hmm. by a great big world that I listened to immediately after dad passed. And I listened to it religiously, like you were talking about, like, I forget how you worded it, but basically leaning into the emotion, go there, feel it, feel the wave. I would, I did it a number of different ways, but, but this song in particular, just, I just, my brain associated with that and the loss and the struggle. And so I would listen to it. Anytime I felt an emotion come up, I knew it was going to help conjure that emotion out and make me cry. And so I listened to it, you know, time and time again, and then stop listening to it after a few months, you know, maybe a year or two later, it kind of would pop back up and I would listen to it a few times. And, and a couple of years later, the same thing. And the emotion was still there that the, the heaviness and the weight of it, you know, got lighter and lighter as the years progressed. And, and my perspective around it all shifted from one of like <clears throat> guilt and anger and frustration to then one of kind of more like acceptance and, you know, longing to then one more of just like, just happiness and like i'm just left with the positive memories of dad and and you know our fa our family and stuff like that um, yeah that that song uh, say something it's by a great big world yeah and um i remember specifically sitting in the living room at mom's house and we played it and we just oh, yeah. all just mm. wept like we cried hard but it was all together and it was one of those moments that I look back on and I, I can sit right on that couch again and feel that moment, but it's almost, um, soothing, you know, it's almost like a, a hug because we were all feeling the same exact way in that moment without having to say anything because this song kind of spoke to that's, everyone. Oh, I mean, that's it was what, just powerful. I mean, you know, that's the gift of art and music, right? That when yeah. you hear a song or a lyric, it like, 
there's this connection you feel because yeah. it's saying what you're feeling and, and, and feelings are so ambiguous and hard to mm -hmm. touch on. And when you know that someone else, whether it's us sitting in a room or sharing the emotion or some singer songwriter put it down or whatever. I know the one lyric in that is say something I'm giving say up on something. you. Say something I'm giving up on you. And that's how we all felt with that. It was like where you're so lost beneath this right web of of anxiety and depression like where are you where's my dad say something because i'm giving up i don't know what else to do and right. that song framed for me and, and i guess you know you're, yeah. you're saying for all of us the experience of of of, of his passing but also losing him to de depression yeah we and we didn't we we were losing him it was you know he wasn't the same man and like you had said in the eulogy like we had started mourning the loss of him a year prior because the essence of who he was was falling towards the depression side and it yeah. was taking away and and just you know it, that part of his brain was just going away who ed was you know dad so. love you dad no if you're listening, if you're listening to the pod up there, bro, my duder. Now's the time to send a sign, Dad. <laughs> oh, I just, I just saw your shirt. I love your shirt. Oh, Candace is repping infinite. big infinite. Yeah. What? What? This is my favorite shirt. Nah, it's a cool shirt, isn't it? Like yeah. the logo, the way the logo it sits is. on it. It's a great, it's a great shirt. It's comfortable, and I like the material. It's, it is a great shirt. We uh. I think I mentioned this in the podcast a couple of weeks ago, but Brian has designed a new shirt for us. It's really cool. And one of our many intentions and unfortunately life is busy uh, and we don't, we're, we're, I think we're going to start an active search again to find a manager um, to help us so we can continue, exp you know, expanding what we do um, both with the mental health in schools, but also um, uh, just the music stuff. Um, but yeah, we want to get a, a, a shirt, shop a merch shop a shirt shop <laughs> a merch <laughs> store up online and and get some get some big infinite swag because it's been i mean it's been since dad passed since we really did the whole real band thing you know yeah. it's I been mean, it has we put out some music but for the most part we've been doing the mental health stuff in schools that's certainly for the last five years that's been the focus schools and conferences and stuff like that so i would like to do all of that but also you know, get back to just the, just the music for the music's sake. I feel more empowered. I don't feel like, you know, uh, I had embodied a lot of dads. I not, not because of him. I'm not right. placing blame I for my own life choices and stuff, but I was disempowered and, and the music business swallowed me up and spit me out. And uh, I don't know. I just feel ready to do, to do the music stuff again. I just have to find the space in my life. So I'm hoping that's where, if we can find a manager. I've always said that, being in a band a being in a band was the most rewarding and most heartbreaking experience that i had been through you know yeah. it can tear you down and bring you to your knees and then you also have that euphoric high you know of you know being on stage and or writing a song into completion and or just starting to write a song and those ideas flow like beautiful mm -hmm. but then the heartbreaking side of it you know mainly dealing with people <laughs> Yeah. It's like the, the thing that can really, really bring you to your knees and um, you know, I don't miss that part of it, but that's, I think that's my ultimate dream is like, I, I don't have any, 
I don't have any preset number of fans or shows or tours. Right. I just want to be able to create stuff, you know, mm-hmm. both stuff in service specifically of mental health stuff, specifically in service of just creating something cool. And I want to feel those creations and I do more now more than ever, but those creations are supported in terms of like, I don't have to sell the tickets or I don't have to, you know, get oh, the, the music distributed or I don't have to promote the merch. I just want to, that's like right. my dream, just to be able to create and have this network of support that that takes those creations out there and helps helps in that sense. Because that that's the part. I mean, I think that's what you were alluding to that right. that was that was the the most soul sucking. Maybe that's a little dramatic, yeah. but it was like but the it worst was. part. I mean, it's like you, you put your you're vulnerable putting your stuff out there, and then you also have to like shill it. Like, hey, come to my yeah. show, and hey, you have to sell yourself. You know, yeah. you know, you can't play at this club unless you sell 100 tickets. You know, yeah. and that. That was tough. It didn't matter how hard you worked. If you were any good, you, it was all about the tickets. It was all about the money. It was all yeah. about bringing people. And um, we had a back, I wish you had it one. I wish you were in the band back when we were in the band because there was a great unit of bands and we all kind of stuck together. So we would all go to each other's shows. And that's awesome. Um, and it, it was like a nice little community for, for a long time. And I still have friends from back in that day, you know, um, like Brad from Schizo Calypso, you know, he has a podcast, um, Mouthful oh, yeah? Graffiti oh, and, cool. um, and also, um, like Green Machine, they were great with us. And, and I'm, you know, I still talk to Damon and his wife, Kelly, and, um, they have a, a son and, and we get to watch him grow up. So it's like, we had like a little family of, of band life. And I, I loved seeing those, those shows, those bills were all yeah. you, all you guys were on there together. Yeah, you know, there's a couple I mean, other bands. Hailstorm. Like Hailstorm, Hailstorm, they're still like touring everywhere. And, you know, they play with Evanescence now. They've gotten a Grammy. Like, but, you know, we we all lifted each other up. Like, we were just friends. There was no, like, there was a little bit of ego in there. Um, but uh, from other, I, I never really had like a huge ego back then. I was more like, feel, felt inferior a lot of times. Um, I, I would give, you know, props to anybody in support. A Corey Yarkin was a good friend of mine and I met her at the Dewey Beach Music Conference and now she's the host for Orlando Magic. You know, she cool. was at the All-Star thing this weekend. Um, but there's like a lot of people that I'm just, they're just trying to think of them, but you know, they just, you just pop in your mind and you're like, oh. To, to, to two things that, that come to light when you say that. Number one, I, I we never had that. We never had right. this like network of bands locally right. or otherwise. I think a big reason for that was just like DJ Andre and I yeah. are, are more introverted and we just never really connected in that way. And, and me as I was the managing the band, I was just so anxious and, you know, sort of my mind was default judgmental. So it was like, I wasn't, I don't know. I just didn't allow myself to, to do that. And it's not that we didn't play shows with other bands. We just didn't cultivate that supportive relationship. Um, and the other thing was, like you said, um, you know, I didn't really have an ego. I felt inferior, but like I had the same thing and that is totally ego. It's like yeah. an inferiority, like just yeah, to I feel guess, yeah. like, well, I mean, I mean, not, not in like the, the superficial sense of people, the way people use ego, which right. is how you were saying it. So I don't mean to like split hairs. I'm but just it's saying true, like, you know, it's like, that's your, our mind or as men in, yeah. in the immortal worlds of Sharon Lally, get out of your own way. But that like the brain just saying, how inferior we are at all times and you know and like that's the lens through which that's the big dividing wall between you and other people i mean i felt the same thing it wasn't like now i i i felt inferior 
to any band I saw take the stage before us. It didn't matter whether they were more accomplished or less or more experienced or less or whatever. But I didn't admit that to right. anyone else. Like I felt it physically, you know, anxious and emotionally inferior, but mentally I was like judging or like, oh, we're doing this or we're so cool, you know, or we're better. Okay. You know, it was like this protecting myself from feeling yeah. how inferior I really felt and how insecure is, is a better word, insecure. True. I, I can totally relate to that. You know, I'm trying to mm. think of other names, but there were, um, I can see them all in my head. You know, I some, can some right in Hollywood, you know, you know I, that we played with. They, they're they write for big names, and it's just cool to see people succeed mm -hmm. in, that, in that way. Might not have been the the path that they were trying to go for, but they veered off in a little tributary, and and they're successful. To, to to what you just said, to see it's cool to see other people succeed. That is what I wasn't capable of at the time, and I think is a quote. I think it. It might be from a Abraham Hicks. I'm not really sure, but it's something about like to when you're ready to celebrate the success of another, you're ready to be successful yourself. Right. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. She says it, or it's more eloquent than that. But um, when the success of another makes your heart sore, you're something like that means you're ready for success. And I, I, I absolutely was not capable of that. Um, it was like somebody else's success was my failure. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. If somebody else was succeeding, all that did in my brain and my heart was highlight the fact that I wasn't. So I would judge them or poor me or whatever it was. Um, yeah. Somebody else's success was, 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 it was like, I, and it was, of course that was unconscious. I didn't realize right. that that's how it was received for me, but somebody else like, and then we, we did have this one amazing tour, this two week tour with this awesome band out of New Jersey called echo movement. And we did become friends. Yeah, we did, we that. weren't, we weren't too close, like geographically too close. So we didn't get to play a lot of shows, but during those two weeks, that was probably the, the one band that we really connected with in any kind of way. And uh, I remember, I believe it was their lead singer was saying like, was talking about how like he wants to connect with bands where it can be mutually beneficial um, because then he, and he sort of framed it like this, like, who do you know? Who do you know that has one band on their iPod at the time? iPod, like people listen to a variety of music, like a variety of bands. So the success yeah. of another doesn't mean my failure. The success of another means awesome for their success. There's still room right. on that iPod or, or, or the Spotify right. playlist nowadays <laughs> for, for us too, maybe, you know what I mean? Right. But I wasn't, you know, I'm sure I nodded in agreement at the time, like, yes, yeah. but I, I didn't, I wasn't really capable of, of feeling that then. Anyway, now I, I'm like sure it. on some level, I, I probably, you know, had a little bit of that because it's human nature, but, but I did always want to promote everybody else and struggle to promote myself, you know? Yeah. If it was like, Hey, can you hand these flyers out for fiction 20 down at the time? Or tell, I would tell the world, but when it came to our music, I'd be like, Oh, I can't do that. You know, I, it would drive Tim crazy. Cause he, you know, he, he's really good at that stuff, but. I couldn't I just, do it. I couldn't do it either. I, I, I think I still struggle with that a little bit. Like yeah. I, I just, stuff will come up with the foundation and it's not even about me. And sometimes right. I'll, I'll, you know, I have to step through that sheepishness, but there's like a, there's like right. a, like a weird fear or shame in being seen promoting what I'm doing or what I'm a part of, you know, but 
to your point, like if I was, if, mm-hmm. if I was needed to promote Megan or you or another Lincoln, like right. I, I had no problem bringing all my buddies down to see another Lincoln and oh, yeah. having the best time in the world and celebrating you kicking ass. Like that was not an issue at all. No, and I, I definitely did so that for much. other bands that I, that I really appreciated right. and liked, but yeah, I, there was a weird, uh, like shame, I think, you know, yeah, it's weird. Like, it's, like yeah. it, it's shameful to, to, to want to be seen. Right. But right. that's like, everybody wants to be seen, heard and understood right. and valued. Like that's everybody does everyone yeah. now for different reasons, for different things in different contexts, but right. everybody does. Like if somebody pays you, it was kind of like if somebody pays you a compliment and you mm-hmm. deflect right away, mm-hmm. you know, and that, well, we that's were, how it was. Yeah. Didn't that come up on our, oh, our yeah. text conversation or something? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, we, yeah. I remember it. Yeah. So Jordan had told me and I was editing the podcast, but Jordan in the podcast had said that, you know, I was really, you know, get coming a long way as far as like, you know, kicking butt with my mental health and um, addressing things and how much I've grown. And I can't remember what you exactly what you said, but I literally did my best to change the subject as quickly as I could because I almost panicked because I didn't want to be like, oh thank you so much or or agree with you because it, it was like it was just so weird I'm like I should have just said thank you you know like that's pretty cool but I was so worried about the compliment and and the anxiety it immediately gave me that mm-hmm. I just did my best to kind of change the subject and it, it was like on tape right there like on the, you know yeah. I, I, I listened back to it I was like oh wow look at I look at me doing that yeah you don't even realize you do it you know it was almost mm-hmm. like, I feel like it was almost rude to not acknowledge that you said that. So I was a bit of a jerk. So I apologize for that too, for not <laughs> saying thank you. <laughs> you know, it was very nice of you, but, but it was really my anxiety that just went, what? You're crazy. I, I'm not that great. <laughs> you know, but now I'd be like, you know what? I am pretty fantastic. I'm such an incredible person. <laughs> <laughs> but it, <laughs> I think so you just, serious. I'm so serious. <laughs> I think he like gave voice to like the extremes though that we right. walk, like where it's like right. weird. It's like this ego, like whether right. if you say it out loud, and I'm, like, <laughs> I'm awesome and I should be seen. But then when people's eyes are on, it's like, oh, no, okay. Nope. I'm, I gotta, I gotta look meek and Don't humble and me. stuff. Like, <laughs> no, I'm just going to declare it. Like we want you to listen to this podcast. We want yes. you to tell everyone, you know, we want to be yes. heard. I, I want you yes, to tell me please. how great this podcast yes. is right now. Yeah. Like, please like tell the world. Yeah, tell the <laughs> Tim, world. Tim just walked in. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had a video like and he made this like like cringe face. Ooh. <laughs> it just made me laugh. It was my oh, love to me. He's not he's not there anymore. No, he he like peeked in. He was like Ooh. when Tim listens. So hi Tim. <laughs> hi Tim. You know, he loved the last podcast so much. He oh, listened yeah? to it back to back. He's like, I'm gonna ah. listen to it again. That I was like, nah. He's like, you know, I know, you know, you think it's just because you're my wife, but I wouldn't listen to every single one like this if i didn't love it so i thought it was pretty cool that's but awesome. he he did he's like i i loved it so he listened back again that's great i don't even remember what we talked about but i'm glad it, it, <laughs> it makes you want to listen to it doesn't it yeah. Yeah. <laughs> podcast number six <laughs> mm, evidently uh, it's, the, it's the hot one hey candace yeah. five things you find on the floor after a rock show in baltimore in 
Ready? Go. Tickets. One. Money. Two. Jewelry. Three. <laughs> Phones. Four. Flip phones. Five. These are five <laughs> things. That's more accurate. Yes. Flip phones. Flip phones. <laughs> I like transported. I transported and went yeah. into, I okay. was actually in Fletcher's in my mind. By yeah. Bar, and I was looking. And every single one of those things was found. And I was scary because I probably looked like I was in a trance, but I was tranced because I was not here with you. I, uh, uh, I was, I would have said like underwear or something like that, uh, because when I played, hold on, I'm explaining one time, this is funny. This is not this, uh, one time I played eight by 10 and Aaron, my brother-in-law came out and he, I, <laughs> I love you, Aaron. Uh, he, went, he went into, uh, saw him on stage and he went into the, um, the wait, did he, oh, now, wait, now I'm, now I'm panic he did do this <laughs> I, can't, I can't remember if he threatened he was going to do it or did it and it's let's, anyway, let's anyway go with he in my it. mind it's a reality so <laughs> and, and he is the type that would have done this uh he went into the bathroom took his boxers off uh, <laughs> put his jeans back on came out and threw them at me on stage. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that's hilarious did yeah. you ever have underwear thrown at you um when we when big infinite played our debut uh one of our friends fans she brought like multiple pairs with her just as like a joke kind of a thing. So yes, yes. But no um, legit underwear. No, um, thankfully, no. No. No, I never did. Eat. I never had any underwear. <laughs> you sound disappointed. You <laughs> <laughs> said so a little bit. <laughs> I'll send Aaron to to another like a reunion show. So you can... He can... <laughs> no, what was, was, there what was, was this... the craziest place you've signed your autograph? There was, I have, I, 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 no, not only, only on CDs and, and, and hands and stuff. Um, nothing like that. And I would, I would have kindly said no, but one thing did happen. We played a show in West Virginia uh, and it was like a, a, a town called Beckley, West Virginia. So it was, it was a, it was a good old West Virginia town. It wasn't a college town or anything. It was, it was true. Um, <laughs> And true. a uh, was, we actually played a bunch of shows here whenever we would tour through West Virginia. I love this place. I believe if I remember correctly, it was called the Lost Parrot. And uh, it was like in the middle of West Virginia. Um, it was like this little Lost Parrot. It was this little like Mardi Gras kind of, you know, right. tropical theme spot. So our reggae rock sound was perfect there. And a girl um, uh, handed a note. I believe she handed it to DJ and asked her him to hand it to me, handed it to me. And, and I opened it up and it said uh, very explicitly, would you like to have relations or something oh my like God. that? And with a phone number, right? And I was like, oh my God, no. And so I, <laughs> we were on a set break. I picked up the phone. I called Megan. I told her what happened. I got this note. Um, you know, here's, and I read it to her. I, she probably said, send me a picture of the note. <laughs> She'd be like, give me the number. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, uh, okay, so so cut to, didn't see the girl uh, again uh, until I think after, we would play three sets there. I think after our second set, this is ridiculous. Then after a second set, me, DJ and Andre are, are sitting there kind of like, you know, drinking a beer or whatever. And then we see her leaving the bar with her four children. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Who she had in the bar with her. <laughs> I, 
yeah. West Virginia. Oh my sure. gosh. Yeah. You're getting me. <laughs> that was ridiculous. Yes. Yeah. Which you know what that that reminds me of. Um, I know we're probably running out of, of time on this podcast, but um, Jordan really isn't comfortable. You know especially you know married he's very devoted to megan but he isn't comfortable with just random he's not comfortable with just random women coming up and talking to him he just isn't and but he's very kind so uh, we were at secrets i believe it was in ocean city the first time this happened is this um, like in my early 20s yeah and this this uh what would you call her number one clinger or whatever <laughs> i don't know i don't, I don't really know. remember she came up to you and she was like talking to you and you're like giving me this look like, oh my gosh, I can't. And this is before Megan. Okay. Um, and you're like, oh my gosh, this, this, no, no. You just, you know, you weren't the hookup kind of person anyway, no. but you were like, nope, nope, nope. So the song came on and I'm like, Jordan, do you remember our dance? <laughs> and we went up and we like totally made up this whole like, like Monica and Ross dance <laughs> on the spot. And we just kept dancing, like, you know, till she just kind of got the point and went away. <laughs> so, like, there was another time we did that with all your oh, friends. Oh, and, and this, no, this is when Megan was around. Yeah, we yeah. did a reenactment we of did, it. We just, did. We no, no, There was no clinger involved. It was just no, you and I randomly having a couple of drinks in Towson this time. And we did this whole <laughs> choreographed. Routine. It was this packed bar. And people thought that we were doing something <laughs> that we knew what we were doing. So they like cleared the space. It's like circle formed. And we're just like totally <laughs> improv before we knew what improv was like, just acting like we had this whole dance. At last. Oh, it's ridiculous. It was so fun. Megan still talks about it. She was like, you guys practice something. I'm like, no, we did it. Like we, <laughs> we were just reliving that, that we, moment where, you know, where my sister saved me again. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't remember the origins. I remember the Towson version. Oh, yeah, that was, I remember it. I remember was, that I'm happened. Pretty that sure time? it was Secrets, or there might have been a Mackey's or something. It was mm, like a place Mackey's. where they had like you know like a. It was like spread out. It wasn't like a crammed in bar, mm-hmm. which was nice. And I think that was the night um, Tim walked back to the condo, and <laughs> around the corner there's this giant bag of peanuts. <laughs> like I'm, I'm not saying like a giant bag like five pounds like it was like a sack of peanuts a sack of nuts and he grabbed the bag of peanuts and he's walking down coastal highway eating peanuts oh, gosh timmy <laughs> that's how crazy we got i mean not really that crazy but funny no um, we're right, Jordan, silly fun five, i can't okay five things is- that you would put in a sack beside peanuts <laughs> A sack of jelly. One. A corn jelly. <laughs> a sack of corn jelly. Um, a sack of bananas, of course. Three. Um, a sack of peaches. Four. A sack of Buddha statues. <laughs> five. These are five things. Oh, is that five? Okay, nice. You can't say yeah. peaches without me singing the Millions song. of peaches. Moving peaches to the country. You're going to eat me a lot of peaches. Moving uh, to the country. Candace, it is time that we offered words of wisdom mm. to our fine listeners of this potty pod. Water will run and continue to run forever. Ah. Just like the waves in the ocean. Yep. Back. Mm, full circle. 
Okay. Um, Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, Thank you. Thanks for repping on your socials, Um, commenting, subscribing, doing whatever you feel compelled to do. We appreciate it because we want to be seen, heard, and understood. Please. Pretty please. Thank you. And and thank you again to Jackie. Yes. Jackie's been repping. Thank you, Jackie. That was really sweet what she wrote. Well, y'all have a great week. And we will see you next Tuesday. We won't see you at all. You will hear us next Tuesday. Because <laughs> we can't see anyone. I can see you. Yeah. I, will, I will see you next Tuesday. We will hear you next Tuesday. Yeah, you will hear us next Tuesday. <laughs> yes, I don't know. I'm just kind of stuck on what I said. Bye, Dios. Bye. 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 Bye.